When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Warrior Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Ben King to talk about fall camp. It's week two. Well, I mean... It's the second week, but they had a couple days before, so I guess we're calling it week two. Uh, This has been a fun week just because they did have a scrimmage, and scrimmages, you get and glean a lot of information from that. And uh, even though it was closed, uh, Gus did tell us some, and then uh, people, the beat reporters from their uh, sources were able to get some extra information about it. So we'll jump on into that uh, very shortly. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Auburn logo change. Boo! Um, <laughs> wow, his opinion is coming out real quick. Um, How do you think I feel? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, we'll give our opinions on that and uh, the university, uh, why they decided to do this. Um, and then we'll also talk about a little bit of recruiting. So hang on in there uh, as we get going with this. Uh, one interesting note, carry on Johnson. Uh, obviously great running back from just a couple years ago. Now in the NFL, uh, I thought it was interesting that, uh, just a few days ago, uh, he himself is hyping up Auburn. I mean, it doesn't shock me, but he's pretty much saying we're going to the natty and it's just like, that's some manna from my own heart. That's pretty awesome. I mean, I mean, I I don't know how many people would straight up just be like, yeah, they're going to natty. I mean, like, Except for you, Ben, obviously. And, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. There, there's a lot of people out there, especially Auburn fans, knowing how much talent that we have coming back. Uh, there's a lot of positive things from defense and offense. Uh, the only question mark in my mind, offensive line, and then also how is the quarterback situation going to pan out? Um, but I think those things will play out very uh, very quickly, you'll, you'll probably figure out what's going on with both of those. Um, another piece of news. Uh, so Auburn on the on August 9th, uh, we got a commitment from Tank Bigsby. Uh, he's six foot two twenty or two ten. Um, he's the number seven running back uh, according to 27, 24/7 Sports um, in their composite. Uh, so that's pretty pretty awesome. And just to put in perspective, how much of a jump. Uh, Tank Bigsby gave us. Uh, we jumped from number twelve in, in our composite team rankings uh, up to number six. So we jumped up six spots uh, just because of uh, Tank Bigsby's uh, uh, commitment to Auburn. Uh, just a little background on on Tank Bigsby. Uh, his junior year, so last year, uh, he had two thousand yards as a junior. Uh, 
even Cadillac himself, even though he wasn't the one that recruited him from day one, uh, he's stepped in there and it seems like Tank, I mean, he wouldn't commit unless he, he really liked uh, the running backs coach. Um, and obviously the other coaches like Gus Malzahn, um, which I think is really awesome considering uh, how much turmoil there's been as far as people criticizing Gus and uh, I mean, especially in the off season, all of this, uh, he's on the hot seat and yet all of these, I mean, we're, we're raking in, we are really raking in some incredible recruits. Um, ben, what's your thoughts on, on tank and, uh, what he's going to mean to this 2020 class? Well, one, he's huge. And, uh, I know Caddy sees some of himself in tank and that's because he probably sees himself in a half in tank. <laughs> Maybe this, this man, his name Bigsby. Oh, he was named well. What a great yeah. surname. Uh, yeah. Gosh, we haven't had a a big running back in quite some time. Ooh, I like your playing word there. Ah. That's it. And to bring this guy in to the team, there's a reason that he's ranked so high. And with his speed and size, man, we could be running back you again. This is well, awesome. I I think we've been running back you. I feel mm. like last year. Well, what do you well, like? Do you are you just questioning last year? I well, yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> that might have been a coaching thing. Okay, I know Kieran Johnson was fantastic. Uh, Trey Mason was fantastic. There's yeah. there's definitely been some really good running backs, but we haven't been up to where I think we should be. So I'm uh, I'm really glad that uh, Cadillac is bringing in some great running backs to kind of fill the shoes of players of the past and getting us back up to snuff. So I'm, I'm happy for it. Yeah. Uh, and it just a, a few things I was watching some of his, uh, his tape from high school and, uh, he seems to be used uh, a lot of times just probably because of how fast he is compared to the defenses. A lot of times in speed sweeps, he, he also runs out the middle. I mean, both of those, and, and he's not afraid to, to, get a little bit of contact um and I, I just think like that's a that's a good thing to have is speed especially in Gus Malzahn's offense um I I I think he's an extremely uh strong type guy you you look at some of the pictures he has I think even his uh one of the commitment pictures I saw of him and I was thinking man he's he's already a rip guy and he's only a junior uh just wait until he gets into Auburn strength and conditioning uh, yep. and has an off season with them. Uh, I also thought, and I thought this was also good, and it's very important, especially with Gus, he's got to have good hands. And Tank Bigsby, uh, some of his footage was him rolling out, running some routes, uh, pretty much giving the quarterback an out a lot of times, um, but also design plays where he rolls out into a little bit of space. Um, and I think that that's going to be play right into Gus's offense. So um excited about Tank and him uh, coming to Auburn uh, in 2020. Um, before we go on, I just wanted to have a, a little somber note. Um, a former Auburn football player, um, Demar Travis, um, he did uh, pass away. Uh, he played on Auburn's uh, 20, uh, 2009 through the uh, 2012 season. Uh, so he was on the national championship uh, team. Uh, and, uh, he, he was never, he never was able to break into, uh, the starter role, but was always a solid backup, um, ended up, uh, as, uh, with nine tackles, um, at, at his defensive line position. Uh, and then, 
uh, I think it, it, it just always hurts. Even though you, you probably didn't know his name before this. Uh, I mean, that there are guys that are on that team that were, that played with him for, um, three, four years that, uh, knew him and spent a lot of their waking moments with him. Uh, so, uh, our heart goes out to them and, uh, prayers, uh, for him and his family. Yeah. It's part of the Auburn family is, uh, every time you lose a tiger, you know, it hurts and, uh, it does. it's a tough loss. Uh, so, uh, some, I'd say it's going to be exciting. Like in the next week I've heard, um, and this is, uh, officially, uh, well, it hasn't been official, but, um, it was announced by, uh, Brandon Marcello, uh, that we're going to, uh, have officially somebody who's going to be calling plays. They're going to, Auburn University is going to announce it for Auburn football and a play-by-play radio announcer. So what um, you're so, saying is there's some rumors that next week we're yeah. going to get the new Auburn football announcer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yes, you worded it much better than I did. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think that that's, uh, I mean, that's exciting. Um, obviously like, I still feel like the Auburn fan base is still very much hurt. Um, even just yesterday, uh, I saw a tweet from, uh, Chandler Fullman, um, who, he does a bunch of stuff with us at E2C network. And, uh, he, he tweeted that, uh, that Rod's son, I mean, he, he was, uh, I think he's a junior, um, and he's going in high or he's in high school and it was his first day back at school. And I'm just thinking, yeah, like that's just tough. Like I, I, I just don't even understand like how, how he's going to, I mean, get through this. Um, but somehow he's, he's making it yeah, tough and, kid. Uh, yeah. Um, and then also, uh, the Bramblet's daughter also, I mean, she's getting back to school too. Um, so man, that's just gotta be tough. Yeah, it'll be uh, probably even tougher once football season starts up. Yeah, for sure. And this new guy, he uh, he has a lot to live up to. He does. Big shoes sure. to fill. The uh, next thing I want to talk about, uh, so this past week, we officially got Auburn's 2020 season schedule for football. And uh, much of you probably already know about this, but uh, Ben, I wanted to get your opinions on on how the, the schedule is shifting a little bit. Uh, we, we've wanted to somewhat break up the UGA, uh, Bama at the end of the year, you know, the home and home or the way in the way. Uh, but I, I feel like this wasn't like what we had pictured. Um, uh, what, what's your thoughts on this and, and us now playing LSU and then straight into Bama at the very tail end of the year? No, uh, I, I wanted to do away with Amen corner and instead of doing away with it, we basically just made it worse. Because Potentially. In, instead of having to play Georgia and then have a cream puff game and then play Alabama, we have to play one of the most physical games of the year against LSU that will beat our guys up and emotionally drain us right before we have to go play Alabama. Yeah. That's a poor decision. That is a terrible way <laughs> to end yeah. the season. What yeah, are Auburn we thinking? Got a little bit, <laughs> for sure. Like, uh, throw Kentucky in there. That'll yeah, right. be a fine or, game. Hey, let's play throw, Vandy. Or like, yeah, or okay, Arkansas. Sure. 
Arkansas. Gus yeah. loves playing Arkansas. <laughs> That'd been. We'll perfect. beat the crap out of a team before perfect. we go play Alabama. That would be good. Not the one of the toughest games on our schedule against yeah. one of the most difficult opponents that we play. That's always physical and always emotionally draining and always a difficult game. Yeah. What are we thinking? I don't we're gonna know. have we're gonna lose three players during this game and then have yeah. to go play Alabama in Bryant Denny. That's a terrible, terrible schedule. Yeah, and I think Dislike. Gus was Gus, <laughs> Gus, Gus was asked about it, and you can tell he he was very short and to the point. He was like, "Well, it is what it is. We got a tough schedule always." And <laughs> you can tell, like when he says things like that, he is not happy. He yeah. doesn't say it outright, but he is not happy. Um, the the one. Uh, kind of like glimmer that's kind of okay makes me feel a little bit better bama also is playing and the 2020s in their 2020 season the week before they play in the iron ball they're playing texas a&m so they're gonna have to go through probably one of the toughest teams it's probably come out of texas a&m i mean now jimbo's over there he is gonna be a recruiting monster especially yeah. i mean like by the time 2020 comes around, he's going to get his guys in there and get his system. I mean, he, he already pretty much established a lot of his well, system last year. Here's the thing. You know, you want to go to Texas or you want to go to Texas A&M and actually win games? Well, I think I'll go to A&M. Yeah. So it's, it's not, it's not great for, for either of us, but like, uh, yeah, Auburn got bad end of that deal. Um, another piece of news. Uh, so Auburn had fan day. Uh, Kyle was, there uh from the e2c network our editor-in-chief kyle loomis we love you so dearly uh and (laughs) pandering on the podcast (laughs) love it um uh the i mean it's just everybody all the players from all the different various sports um they sign things and you know it's not like anything super big who did Uh, kyle get signatures from i don't i don't think he got any i don't know Tune into uh, the live chat on Monday and see. Yeah, we'll 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 ask him to see what he got. Uh, the the one thing that I did notice uh, there was a picture of Anthony Schwartz, uh, which, as many of you know, uh, he uh, ended up hurting his his arm and hand. So uh, that 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 sucked, but at least he was out there and like you, you he had a brace on it, but at the same time it wasn't. Like I, you can tell he's going to be back. Like he's going to be back sometime this season. The fastest um, man in college football can still play without one hand. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> potentially, there's there's plenty of wide receivers that can do that. Uh, it, but I, I'm honestly hoping he he makes a quick re- recovery. I mean, I've heard four to six weeks, and you know what that that gives me an idea of. Sure, he could probably get back for one of the smaller games uh, at the beginning of the year, like Kent State. Uh, but I, I don't want them to push it, and it's not worth it to push it uh, just so he can play a little bit. Um, and I'm hoping he comes back for the Texas A&M game because that's uh, that's gonna be our first SEC opponent, and uh, obviously a big one. Uh, because I mean Texas A&M, it's I feel like they're gonna be one of the tougher teams in the SEC this year. Well, I think if he keeps on that diet of Gatorade and M&Ms, he should heal up quick. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was great. He, yeah, he had some M and M's there and Gatorade, so you know, healthy and stuff. <laughs> um. All right, Ben, are you ready? Here it ready is for the topic. Yes, sir. Okay. I feel like the listeners have probably been waiting for this as well. Uh, we teased it a little bit at the beginning. Boo. The Auburn logo change. Um, 
let's let's put it in context because I, I think that's the most important uh, thing to do here. So the Auburn logo has been the same since 1966. So you know, six sixty years. You know, it's a little over that much now. Longer and, than uh, I've been alive. Longer like, than my parents have been like alive. right around sixty years. Yeah. So like it, it's been around, and, and yet now we're deciding to change it. I mean, I, I knew that there were rumors about it. Um, and to some extent, I, I, I honestly, when I started to hear what the university had to say about it, I kind of see what they're doing nope. because of embroidery and then also printing. Nope. I, I get it. We and live also- in a world of 1080p streaming and megapixels. So I don't want to hear a little peep about the fact that we can't have negative space in printing. Are you kidding me? What are we using? Dot matrix printers? No. <laughs> DPI is up <laughs> to megapixels, man. You can have yeah. little tiny I spots. I, I have a class ring, just like my grandfather has a class ring. And my dad has a class ring. All three generations during the time where this logo was in existence. And guess what? On the class ring, I can still see the white space in between the A and the U. So there is no problem at all there. If you can get it on a little ring, you can get it on anything. Go back to the old AU that's been there and don't change things if it's not broken. Yeah, I, I, I see your point. <laughs> I, I still like I, I think there is like I feel like there's always like every single company at some point has to do some sort of update nope. to their branding. Nope. I'm, I'm you, a very you know much traditional. I loved the Tiger Eyes that came out back in i don't know 90s early 2000s those were great yeah, but that was an addition there. to the auburn logo that wasn't changing the identity of the school the identity the school has had for the past six decades the identity the school has had for the entire time that i've been tied to auburn through my family you know auburn initially is family the second part it's a university and the third is where it actually bleeds over into athletics but the fact that the U is maybe a little bit bigger than the A right now, that's probably a good thing. Our academics are what drive Auburn University. That's the reason we're able to go to school and play sports through the university. That's where we get all of our funding is by being a public university and by students coming to take classes to go and be a professional in something else other than athletics except for a select number. I wanted to throw a couple stats out there just from Twitter polls that uh, either I I ran through the E2C Twitter account um, or uh, Clint Richardson did from Clint AU24 on Twitter. Uh, if you want to go, you can go check those out. Um, but he, he pretty much asked, hey, what's your thoughts on the logo? And his results were uh, not super shocking considering if you've been on social media, you've probably seen this. 13% liked it. Uh, 37% were indifferent. Probably they just don't care all that much. And then 50% hated it. All right. So 13% are Bammers and 50% <laughs> are true Auburn Tigers. And I salute you. <laughs> uh, and then like my, my question is, and, and I'm glad Clint ran a different poll was, okay, what, what do you not like about it? Um, because I think there's a few trains of thought. Um, and I can see a little bit like why people are, are this way. Uh, 37% say time and money. And, and I think that that's 
very warranted. I mean, there's a lot of things they need to change. Um, I know I've heard, you know, it's just a quick, you know, click, you change the logo. But if you start thinking about it, I mean, I'm just looking around in my room, in my room itself, there are, I don't know, probably like 20 different AUs. And that's just and my, all the my same. man cave. And then you're going to have to do that around the stadium. There's so many AUs around the stadium, jerseys, uh, buildings themselves. I mean, like you forget how many times the AU logo. So like that I think is a very warranted thing. And that's probably I'm, why most people. I'm in my guest bedroom right now. And from my vantage point in my guest bedroom, seven Auburn AUs. Wow. All the classic AU, the AU I've been drawing since I was a little child yeah. with Crayola markers. And guess <laughs> what? I could still get the negative zone or white space or whatever you want to call it in that drawing and if a child with a marker can do it then so can a printer and everything else it looks great on the side of the stadium it looks great on the water towers it looks great on the field oh, it looks shoot. great on yeah, they, everything that we've they're gonna ever... have to change no exactly water tower yeah oh my gosh it's this logo is auburn's identity and like I get the the university is trying to squash this. It's just very interesting to me that first off the logo was leaked to Brandon Marcello on Wednesday of this past week, and then he reported on it because he got it confirmed by the university. This is what it's going to be. Uh, and I feel like if the university was like trying to get their feelers out, like they they could have easily like done something way different. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not the marketing or PR guy by any means, but like this obviously is not going the way that they're hoping it would. Well, and don't their, their slow roll is like their slow roll approach seems a little weird to me. Like if you, if you really want this to change, like why not just go full blown and be like in the next five months before Christmas or something, we're going to have every logo changed. Like, no, if you're that into it. And, and they, that's why I'm a little, uh, like I, I don't know, a little cautious that I don't know if the university is really into this, and uh, and like uh, both Clint and uh, Kyle when they did their uh, their full podcast. So if you want to go listen to that, Clint being the uniform uh, expert here, they they're pretty much like it. It can be potentially stopped if you don't really like it. Let the university know, and uh, I mean they they may change their minds. Right now, it's a it's a go ahead, and uh, as much as we may not like it, that's that's the hard reality of it all. <laughs> and we don't, I don't know. It's just going to be tough. I mean, like I, I just being more traditionalist, I see the like slight change, but I'm thinking I don't know if a slight change necessarily warrants that much of an effort to go and change everything. Um, like why? I don't I don't get it. I really don't. Um, but anyways, so that's, that's partly my opinion on this and, uh, take that for my opinion and my opinion only. I hate um, it. I'm a hundred percent against it. We should not be changing <laughs> the Auburn logo. It is our identity. It's how everyone relates to us. I have four of these friggin' logos on my car. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Auburn football. Uh, the last week, uh, we had our scrimmage and, uh, that's, where we get our good media information from just because it is got like man on man. Uh, you get to see the defense go straight up against the offense. Um, and uh, like most scrimmages, 
uh, for the very first ones of the year. Uh, it tends to be the defense dominates, and uh, sure enough, they did again. Uh, they had, to at least our knowledge, three turnovers. Um, two of them were deflections. One was a, even turned into a pick six. Uh, and then one was a fumble from a wide receiver. Uh, I'm I'm going to take that as our defense is extremely, extremely good. Um, you can take that one of two ways. Obviously, you can take it as our defense really good or, oh, crap, our <laughs> offense is going to suck. No, um, completely right. Defense is great, and they are stacked. Yeah. And they also know our offense really well. Well, and that's the thing. Like You, you got to take into the picture – our offense, we've we've only been in fall camp at that point. I guess it was right right around a week, or if that. Um, so the plays that the offense had, there weren't too many. Um, so I mean, they can probably figure out what's going to be called in these scenarios. Um, and Gus was in a way, and I, I really appreciate it, the way at least he's he's elaborated on some of this he's putting the pressure on the quarterbacks. He's also putting the pressure on the defense. Uh, and he's, he's doing a good job from what I can tell of creating this uh, game time environment inside of a practice controlled environment um, just to see how his guys react. Um, so I really appreciate that. Um, the uh, a few pieces of uh, also information. So from this scrimmage, Eli Stove, Will Hastings, Seth Williams, and also Bowie Whitlow uh, did not uh, participate in the scrimmage because they were either I don't know if anything was officially said, but more than likely it's because uh, they just didn't want them to potentially get injured. They got nothing um, to prove. So I, I'm I'm fine with that. And yeah, they have nothing to prove at this point. Um, Gus knows what he's got out of those guys. Um, the, uh, one of the guys, uh, that, uh, we also got some information about, uh, Mark Anthony Richards. He's a freshman running back. Um, he's a four star recruit, uh, for this, uh, 2019 class. And, uh, he actually underwent a procedure on his right leg. Uh, there's no expected time of when he'll be able to recover, but, as far as what we're kind of finding out, he's probably just questionable uh, for the first game against Oregon. And honestly, we have pretty loaded running backs at this point. So you're not going to see Mark Anthony Richards in our first game. Uh, you might start seeing him. Uh, if he's getting back to 100%, you might start seeing him in uh, the next two games after Oregon. Uh, DJ Williams, uh, he's also a running back. Uh, he underwent shoulder procedure uh, in the off season. Uh, so he's, he's sounding to be ready to go and ready to go for the opener against Oregon. Uh, but so far he's been limited in practice. So, uh, that's a little bit of an injury update and obviously Anthony Schwartz and Eli stove, um, that we've already mentioned before. Uh, let's talk about kickers. Anders Carlson, a bright shining moment for him. Uh, he had a 58 yard field goal in scrimmage go through and uh, i feel like he needs that uh that boost of confidence uh considering the 50 plus yardage uh, those kind of field goals were i don't know they they seem to get to him and uh put a little too much pressure on him um and and to some extent it was the offense stalling out last year uh that kind of put us in those situations and I uh, th- feel like Gus put a little too much confidence in him, even though he is Daniel Carlson's brother. 
Um, but he also, Andres Carlson also nailed a very high pressure 48 yard field goal. Um, and the, the way I, I liked that Gus put the pressure on him, uh, he, he said that if he missed it, everybody on the team is going to have to do 10 up downs. And, uh, you know what happened? Andres Carlson nailed it right through the middle, um, of the uprights. And, uh, team loved him for it and that that's that's some pretty cool uh like pressure on you right there you have 99 guys that are about to just ream your neck if you miss this thing <laughs> i mean they're probably not i mean they, they love honors but you know what i mean like yeah. it's just the peer pressure of knowing good psychological pressure yeah and that's that's good, good for it. a kicker so i appreciated gus doing that um the offense itself so didn't show up as well as Gus was hoping. Um, but yet, and, and Ben, you, you noticed this, like Gus wasn't like as down as he's been in the past. Um, and, and I almost associate that to his um, almost owning the head coach role and uh, stepping away even further from the quote unquote offensive coordinator role. Um, because if you're an offensive coordinator, there were a lot of three and outs. There were turnovers. There not a whole bunch of positive plays that came out of it. But yet Gus Ming now, I mean, he's been this way for you know, what seven years now. But I feel like he's really starting to own it. Uh, is being the head coach, and uh, he was actually kind of smiling. Um, I think one of the funniest quotes that uh, he said: "If I was a coordinator, that I wouldn't have a smile on my face." Yeah. You know what? If he was the offense coordinator, he'd probably be like, "What are we gonna do? Yeah, we got to figure things out." I mean, he's still thinking that, first. but like, um, and that's what I appreciate about Gus. Um, let's talk about quarterbacks because quarterbacks are a big topic of discussion. Um, well, well, before we go there, uh, okay. one thing that Gus said about the offense that I thought was really telling is one. Uh, he's really interested to see how the guys bounce back in the second scrimmage, which I think is good. Uh, yeah, a lot sure. of information from the tape there. And kind of what he gave us on the definition of his sloppiness was like one or two guys didn't do their jobs here or there. And so if we still have, you know, nine or ten guys that are performing on point and there's just a couple little areas to button up, I don't feel too bad about that. It's if we had like no rhythm whatsoever or no game plan then i'd be a little a little worried but the fact that we're running some of the plays that we're planning to run against oregon right now and we just have a little areas to make sure that we address and button up i feel pretty good about this overall yeah and another thing to keep in mind the quarterbacks are not live so that's one less person that the defense has to account for you know limited number of plays so like it really puts a lot of pressure on the offense even if all 11 guys do well, the defense can probably sniff out what they're doing just because they've seen it before, especially if you've got a veteran defense, which Auburn does. Uh, they've seen it in plenty of times in practice. Um, so I don't know how much you can make of that other than defense really did well. Um, the guys really need to come back for this next uh, this next scrimmage and uh, watch their game film fix it in practice and then come out and scrimmage and uh, fix, fix the things that they did. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate, you know, the game situation. Like you, you have a game the previous week, you make a mistake, 
same scenario again, week two, do you make the same mistake or do you fix your mistake? And I think that's, that's very important. Uh, quarterback battle. So, uh, it seemed that the quarterbacks, both of them, both Bo Nix and Joey Gaywood, both could not really move the ball. There's a bunch of three and outs. Uh, I still feel like that, that doesn't really fall on the quarterbacks themselves. Um, even though it's reported that Bo Nix probably had at least a couple interceptions. Um, but I also, I mean, our defense knew what was coming. They, they knew what was coming at them. Um, so I don't know what you can make of that. Um, Ben, uh, let's get your pulse. I feel like we should do this every week. What's your pulse leading up to the season at this very moment, August 11th of who's going to be the quarterback? Uh, you know, I'm hearing a lot that Gatewood has the upper hand right now, which is interesting. I mean, between the two of them, I think they're both very, very talented and both of them could do well leading the team. Um, and I, I'm fine either way. I, like I said last week, they look very close in stature and ability. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm game. You know, I think Gus needs to name a starter pretty soon. Uh, one thing that Bo may have, uh, that hurts his possibilities is the fact that he was just in high school, you know, a few months ago. Maybe, maybe not. I, I think his talent and his ceiling is mentally be higher. I feel like his mental ability is already there. Yeah. Just because, I mean, he's been coached by his dad even from Pee Wee on up. I mean, I'm sure even if he wasn't, his dad wasn't the official coach. I mean, he was coaching him off the field on, hey, in the scenario, do this. Um, that That's the kind of, that's a little bit of one, like a leg up that I see Bo has. Um, but at the same time, Joey Gatewood is just like all of the players. And as much as he doesn't want to say it, is very similar to the number two, Cam Newton. And uh, that's, uh, I mean, those are huge shoes to fill. But, I mean, that just shows you in practice even the guys are seeing how much talent Joey has. Um, I, I'm thinking at least at this moment Bo Nix, but, uh, I mean, that could change very quickly. Yeah, I think um, Bo Nix probably has a higher ceiling. But if Gatewood's ready to go right now, I mean – Gus needs to make the call to give it to the man that can take us to the championship, as yeah. as Kyrion is saying. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, it doesn't mean that Bo Nix isn't going to be ready. You know, game three or four, uh, you're probably going to see at least both of them. I'm going to probably just go on a limb at least for the first three games. Hmm. Uh, you're probably going to see both of them out there because it doesn't burn their red shirts. Um, and then from that point on. Uh, I mean, maybe we, maybe, maybe we burn Bo's redshirt. I don't know. I mean, this may be the year that we just say, Hey, we need a solid backup. And, uh, you know, after the fourth game, let's just use them. Uh, because I mean, I honestly think later down the road, Bo Nix could go to the NFL. He's got that kind of arm. You watch his arm and, uh, it's, it, it looks very, it looks very good. Um, so I mean, later down the road, he may not even stay at Auburn for all four years. Um, He's an Auburn man, though, so he he might as well. Maybe. I mean, and I'm sure his dad would have a good talk with him and say, hey, your degree uh, definitely is important. Um, All right, running backs. So the running back situation, uh, obviously, we feel like we're in a good spot. Um, Bowie didn't scrimmage like i mentioned before um but pretty much all the other running backs 
uh, got to touch the ball. And uh, Cadillac, apparently that was his design, is to give all the guys touches. Um, give them a shot at, at what it feels like in a scrimmage to go full speed uh, into a, a really tough defense. I think we found our number two, though. Okay, who's Behind that? Booby. Harold Joyner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that would be pretty cool if they, they both ended up being uh, the headliners for our running back group. Uh, don't count out Sean Shivers, though. Um, and then he's I feel like we guy. keep forgetting about even Malik Miller. I mean, he, he stepped he's in. He's the red zone guy. Yeah, he's a big guy. Um, but goodness, Harold Joyner is a big guy, too. Uh, <laughs> 6'4", like 200-something pounds. Like it, He's a tough guy to bring down as well. Um, speaking of Harold Joyner, uh, he ended up having a 65 yard touchdown run in the scrimmage. Um, one of the things that people will sit, keep saying and comparing him to is carry on Johnson. Uh, and that's, that's one of the biggest compliments I, I could think for him. Definitely. Um, just because carry on wasn't necessarily the biggest and strongest running back, but he was always the smartest running back on, uh, on the field. There, there was no doubt about it to me. Um, and he was patient enough to find that hole that the offensive line, it may take him another half second to open up that hole, but as soon as it opens up, um, carry on was able to bust through. Uh, so I, I think that's a positive. Um, and it's also nice. I feel like Harold Joyner was probably in limbo, um, for most of the off season trying to like figure out, are we going to, are we going to use him uh, in a slot receiver role or are we going to fit him into the running back role? I feel like we've kind of settled in on he's going to be a running back. And uh, that's probably got to feel pretty good for him. Uh, wide receivers. So we've got uh, Shedrick Jackson. And uh, I know you've been oh, you've yeah. been on Shedrick Jackson, uh, Bo Jackson's nephew. Uh, he ended up having a touchdown reception. Yeah, love to so, hear that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Matthew Hill also had a touchdown reception. Uh, and then... Marquise McLean, he also had a really good day. So really good to hear that as well. Um, and then the new incomer transfer, uh, Zach Farrar, uh, apparently he stepped up as well. And uh, that's good to hear him, at least in, in like a scrimmage-type scenario, fitting into uh, his role. And potentially, if he steps into it, just being a transfer, I feel like he could – make an immediate impact uh, for this team. He's got some height, so yeah, third down type guy. That'd be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, so as far as defense goes, obviously they, they won it all. Um, the two two guys that uh, that have been reported that uh, have probably made the interceptions, it, Gus obviously didn't say this, but um, it sounds like Jabaris Davis got the uh, one of the interceptions that was uh, the tip pass, the Potter Zero probably should have caught it, but Javaris Davis ended up uh, catching that uh, and intercepting it. Uh, Smoke Monday, uh, he came over the top. Apparently, this was one of the most beautiful safety. He read the quarterback's eyes and just snatched it out of the air before the before the wide receiver could get to it. Mm. So um, that's exciting. Um, another uh, piece of news, and I don't know if this was necessarily at scrimmage, um, but there's been uh there's like a little bit of not concern by any means but just like wondering who's going to be the defensive tackle opposite of Derek Brown cuz we we know Derek Brown he's going to be the starting defensive tackle on one side and who's gonna, who's he going to be on the other side um 
And I feel like we got a maybe a potential candidate for that, which I was kind of shocked uh, that Nick Coe, of all people, is uh, potentially going to be playing defensive tackle. Uh, it's good to see him. Like he's his quickness must have in the off season uh, been able to get up to what he needs to for that. So uh, I think that that kind of helps me a little bit and it makes me feel a little bit better about it. Brown co connection on the D, Booby Joiner connection on the O. It's gonna be good. And then for uh, special teams, uh, we had uh, obviously, from what I can tell, kicking game went smoothly. Um, I don't think I heard anything about punting um, other than we just punted the ball a few times and then actually had punt returners that were live, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, that's very good to see them in, in action um, with guys actually running down the field, um, trying to tackle them and see how they react and uh, make their, their first move, um, see if they can get down the field. Uh, so we had three guys uh, in the scrimmage uh, working on that. Javaris Davis, uh, Christian Tut, and Matthew Hill. Uh, ben, what's your thoughts on punt returners, and at least at this point, who are you thinking uh, it's going to be for a punt return for this year? I love Javaris Davis, uh, but I think putting him in that type of situation could be dangerous just because we need him back at a defensive back. Matthew Hill is one of our best wide receivers, so he can definitely catch the balls, but... It's a, it's a head on a swivel position, so I don't know if I'd want to put him back there either. Mm, I've heard true. that Christian Tut is like the lead man for this, and I think his ability back there, without necessarily fitting in everywhere else, is a, a really good fit for him. And I'd love to see him be able to, you know, take that over. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I I could see all three of them. They're they're quick guys, um, but I can kind of see why they might be leaning towards Christian Tut on who, who they'd potentially want to put the back there, uh, that punt returner. Um, ben, anything else before we go? Man, uh, it's going to be another good week. Uh, looking forward to some of the information that comes out as we continue fall practice. And I uh, hope the logo gets squished. <laughs> oh, man, your hatred is uh, very strong. Don't change. Strong. Don't change something if it's not broken. It's the Auburn logo. This is Auburn. A-U. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, like, I see your point, like, <laughs> but I, I still don't. I, I, I don't know. I'm like, I can kind of see why they did it. Nope. But I don't know. Nope. Uh, you're not gonna get off this horse. Nope. You're you're probably as soon as they land on the Auburn football uniforms, you're you're gonna nope. get back they on that won't horse get there. real hard. They're not doing it. <laughs> um, Ben, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me anywhere on social media at B-E-N-K-1-N-G. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter as well at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle, A-U. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?